Sunday Pour. It is the final show of 2020. We are in this weird little stage where we're between Christmas and New Year's. We figured uh, there's one movie that really sums up this time of year. You know, it's a holiday movie. It's a Christmas movie. It's a New Year's movie. It's the New Year's movie. The only New Year's movie in my mind. It's also a Christmas movie. It's the classic from 1982, Barry Levinson's Diner. Forget the exchanging pleasantries. Let's just get right into it. We don't have a lot of time. I got rare breed in front of me. I'm on my third <laughs> one. Let's go. <laughs> Out of your coffee mug there. Nice. All plastic. I don't want to dirty any glass. I don't have a sink. Oh, yeah. All right. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what, so when did you, when did you watch it? It's Tuesday night. We're taping on Tuesday night now. When did you, when did you dive back into diner for 2020? Uh, today at work, <laughs> I watched a good portion of it. Then I came home and finished it. And I actually watched like half of it just now when I was waiting for it. I got it out of the background muted. So nice. It's, uh, it really is perfect for this time of year. It's yeah, I mean it's it's it starts Christmas night, ends New Year's Eve, and that's that's the action. I mean, the, you don't get all the lead up of the holidays; you just get all the all the in between stuff. But it's all like twenty uh, somethings kind of getting ready for the next stage of their life. So it's like a very busy time of year for college age type, you know, new professional type people. Just it's yeah, all, they're in a weird stage of life. It's and it's all about being social that's like I mean, that's the whole thing there's parties and dances and uh i don't know it's you know the wedding coming up and shit like that and hanging out at the diner of course i mean that's the yeah. uh, the main hub yeah i saw this movie i was probably a little bit younger than these guys when i saw this movie for the first time i was probably like high school age like 16 17 and what are these guys these guys are like 22 you figure yeah, 23, 24, College probably. age, like some of them maybe graduated, some of them are in the workforce. Yeah. Yeah. It's, some, one of them's married. One of them's getting married. It's very, it's, it's like a, it's, it's, there's really, there's a loose plot to it. It's a very much like a hangout type movie. Like I put yeah. it on and I, you know, I, I kind of slacked off. I hadn't watched it for a couple winters. Uh, I think it might, this might be like two years since I've watched it last. And I put it on. It was just kind of, it's like walking into your favorite diner, man. You just feel at home. Again, it's like people you know, it's familiar faces. You know you know exactly what you're ordering. And it was just kind of good. It was good to be back home again. And, uh, you know, it is, it is a coming-of-age story. There's a lot of talk about what it is to be that age. Um, you know, kind of moving on from being this, I don't want to say immature, that's not the right word, but kind of being this younger person with, with no responsibilities, kind of moving on to the next stage of our life, marriage, having a wife, um, what that means. And obviously there's one, one guy who's married who's got some marital issues. There's one guy who's getting married who has some personal issues of his own. And then, uh, you know, everybody else kind of fills in around them. You have the one kind of like Kevin Bacon plays the, uh, you know, the guy, the, the kid who can't really get out of the college type, you know, just drinking all the time. Uh, no real direction. That's like me at 22, not married at all. That's there's no interest <laughs> in marriage. It was just, you know, still a party. <laughs> yeah, right. We know a lot of those kind of guys. There's a lot of Kevin Bacon, a lot of uh, Kevin Bacon's uh, in our lives, but uh, yeah, with no real direction at 22, 
And then there's the one guy who's, you know, is the ladies' man and got a gambling problem. You know, we know, we know a lot of these kinds of people, you know? And uh, Yeah, you see a lot of your own friends in these guys. Yeah. Maybe that says more about us. But you do see a lot of your own friends in these people, you know, bits and pieces. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a, it says a lot about, no, this doesn't say anything about us. We're fine. We're pretty outstanding <laughs> people. I think it's just uh, it's just good filmmaking. If any good film, I, f- I feel like anybody's going to see friends that they have in these characters. I'm not, yeah. it's not like, sure, uh, Boogie has a gambling issue. Not as you know, but he's also like a ladies' man. So people are gonna, you know, if they don't know the gambling guy, they're gonna know the ladies' man. Yeah. Or the, or the kid who's kind of a little bit of a hustler. He's got a you know a couple jobs and he's in, you know going to law school, whatever it is. And uh, they they know people like this. There's they're, you know, I mean, not Paul Reiser is like the only not really well-rounded character. He's just kind of there for comic relief. Yeah, he's a professional comedian. Right, but he's also people like that in your life. They're just hysterical. Whenever they open their mouth, you're fucking laughing because you know it's always some kind of comment about somebody at the table or busting balls. So I mean, we know we know these people. You know these people at the diner and in diner. Um, yeah, it's almost like the uh, it's almost like Cheers. It's exactly you know yeah, I mean? exactly yeah. That's there's a, there's a few things. There's a few like other shows shows and movies that I kind of think of when I, when I put in the same uh category as diner which is its own category but like swingers to me is diner but you know different settings same type same type idea just young kids trying to find their way in the world yeah you know, the love interest in there too and uh it's like a hangout movie it's just, those your swingers are is a buddy movie and this is a buddy movie I also feel like dudes being dudes. Yeah. I also feel like Seinfeld is a little bit like it. We're just because a whole lot of nothing goes on. And like, yeah. Like Diner, I feel like is a whole bunch of like mini skits with, like I said, with like a loose plot of the wedding going on. There's like a little, a lot of a bunch of little things that happen. But uh, is that the main? Is that the main plot? You think the wedding? That's what they fall back on. Kind of everything leads towards the wedding. Yeah, it's just leading towards the wedding. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then of course, yeah, there's the stuff with like Shrevy and his wife and Boogie, and that's like one little story. I mean, his you know marriage kind of being on the rocks a little bit—that's you know part of it. Uh, Boogie and his gambling issues—that's part of it. But I think this like the the timeline is following. Like I said, like we said at the beginning, it's just from Christmas night to New Year's Eve. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And, it's, and that's where the wedding is. So everything's kind of everything's leading towards towards seeing Elise's face. Which we never do. <laughs> At least yeah, no. Steve Gutenberg's future wife, who we never see. She a brunette? I don't even remember. She's a brunette, right? I His think bro- so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 I, to me, this is like one of, and not as many people have seen this movie as the, the other quotable movies, but it's like top five for me, just quotable movies. You know, just there's so many lines in it. You know, it's not, I'm not saying it's good fellas, but. It's on that level for me in terms of just I could just quote the entire thing. And actually, it's yeah. funny because you mentioned Swingers. Swingers is probably on that short list too of a movie I could just bang out every quote. Absolutely. But I guess maybe that just speaks to what kind of movie it is. It's like a hangout movie. You just hang out, watch it, yeah. shoot the shit. I mean, you're you're a hook to me at least. Hooked right away, man. Baltimore, oh, yeah. 
1959, Christmas, Modell, you know, Paul Reiser walking in, shout playing, a little bit softer now. Yeah. And as oh, yeah. the camera pans in, as he walks in, a little bit loud now, hooked right there. Awesome. Yeah, it's right great, then there. It's a great start. You're in. You want to be, and you want to be in that gym, right? Even in the diner, yeah. You want to be in that gym. You yeah. want, I don't know if you'll be dancing. Those kids aren't really great dancers. Um, no. Don't shout the shout that I know, but still. You'd be breaking windows with Fenwick. <laughs> it's probably true. Oh, definitely, yeah. Be in the basement. It's a smile. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's – um, you're right with the quotes, too, if I go back to that. You're right with the quotes because there, there's lines in the movie where, you know, I, I know them by heart, but I had, like I said, I would heard them a couple of years, and you're just like, oh, classic. And there's a couple, like, I don't think I would have quoted um, anyway, but I was like, hey, you know, it's a fucking great line. Like, there's a line where – uh, Shrevy and um, and Kevin Bacon. I, I keep doing that, just like saying the character's name and an actor's name. Like Daniel Stern and uh, Kevin Bacon are hiding in the closet, and, Ke- and Daniel Stern's like, "Oh, I should take my coat off." And Kevin, yeah. goes, take it off. It's a closet. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, a yeah, closet. It's a, yeah, 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 it's a great line. But yeah. it's just, well, yeah, it's just full of those little. Uh, I mean, there's much better lines than that, but it's full of full of quotable uh, things like that. I was just watching it 10 minutes just now before I came on, and I forget the line that uh, Boogie had. They were picking up Billy from the train station. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, with Shrevy here, it was nuts. But now Eddie, Shrevy just goes, uh, oh, man. He's like, I'm not complaining. And Boogie just looks at him and goes, not complaining. It sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if this movie is – this might be like an anti-marriage movie. I don't know. All these guys – seem to really begrudgingly have Well, to be- I mean, they're pretty young, though, at the time. Like, when yeah. you were 22, your outlook on marriage wasn't like, oh, yeah, that looks incredible. Yeah, but it's 1962. It's a lot different. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I assume, I mean, it's the same pitfalls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Harry, but it's, uh, yeah, it's different time altogether. Hey, speaking of different time, as you know, so this was made in 1982. We both saw this in the 90s, right? But I this probably is, saw it uh, a little yeah, early 2000s. I was in high school, probably 2002, three around there. So this was only made like 22 years after it took place, or like the story takes place. That's akin to the Last Dance from this year, which is to when I put stuff in that context kind of blows my mind like the last dance does not seem like like 82 to 60 seems like a long time right but today to the last dance i mean it seems like a long time but like the times don't seem that much different even though i know they are i guess when you're living it it's a little bit uh yeah it's a little trippy i guess because 82 i mean 1982 was a long time ago i mean i know it seems like (laughs) not that long (laughs) 1982? That was the year I was born, not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but if you look at it, 82, it feels like a long time ago. So 82 to 60 really wasn't that big of a jump. No, no, it's not. No. It's just, but it is, when I think about it in terms of if it was today, like what, you know, if it was a period piece about 1998. You'd be like, oh, yeah, well, it's not that much different now from then. Whereas you look at 82 to 59, and you're like, whoa, that's a big time jump. A lot, a lot of different shit was going on. Right. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like a movie about 1982 would be a lot different than a movie about 1960. 
a lot different. Like but you don't realize 98 to 2020, probably a lot of differences in there too. Yeah, it's true. Like culturally, there's a lot of stuff that I'm out of touch with. So technology yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. No but, answering yeah, what, machines. When you're when you're li- when you're living it though, it uh. Yeah, no, it's different when you lived it. Yeah. So when you go into a diner. Yes. Now, is it like like are you are you kind of transported to like your own childhood not childhood but like your own kind of growing up spending time in the diner you're just kind of back in a familiar place it's like being a time machine a little bit where you're kind of taken back even though it's even though it's 2020 and you know married and stuff and you, you walk in there you sit down it's just like you're you're home again and it could be any time you're at the diner and it's it's kind of like this movie when you go to a diner where everything is the same that booth is the same that the leather seat is the same that the sugar is the same the mm-hmm. coffee the coffee mugs are the same you know it's and the greek guy behind the register the only one who's allowed to touch the money the same that's one thing 1959 still plays in 2020 <laughs> heading into 21 yes the greek guy in the suit is the only guy that is touching the money he's not trusting anyone something special about a di- about any diners i'm saying this this movie understands yes. that. This movie, this this movie is one of the few movies that captures the magic of a diner and just you know Made it better. <laughs> you know, right? It's in the title, yeah. yeah you know, you you know the owner, or at least you know him by face. You know you. Yeah, the waitress's you know, name. Waitress, yeah. Florence, yeah. You're ordering without looking at the menu. There's always a Florence, a flow, yeah. So uh, yeah, I would say a diner is almost like a time capsule. You know, time like kind of stands still in a diner. You know, certain you know little things change. Like you look back at this movie, smoking, which yeah. is like all restaurants now you can't smoke in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say uh, what well, for me, I I still go predominantly to the same diner I grew up in. So mm-hmm. it's the same. But even when I watch this movie, it's like I know there's a lot of diners like this, but like it. When I look at this diner, it's like the same setup as the diner that I grew up in. Like the same way you enter the door, like you bang a right, you know, towards the booths, you bang a left. I think there's like tables over there. Maybe there's booths too over there. You know, where the bar is set up is the same. The door, literally where the door or the kitchen is the same where I where, uh, in the diner I grew up. You know the yeah. diner, obviously, Twin Fires. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a million diners, obviously, like that. I actually, I don't know, there's conflicting reports out there. But I actually went and saw this actual diner in Baltimore when I was there. Uh, oh, yeah. It's okay. one of those portable ones. Yeah. You know, you could. It was brought in from Jersey for the movie, went back, yeah. went back to Jersey, and then they brought it back to Baltimore because the people of Baltimore wanted it there, but it's not in the place where they filmed. Right. It was in, within walking distance of uh, where I was staying, and they weren't even open when I went in there because I wanted to just go in there for – Nostalgia purposes, just grab like a piece of pie or something. Genuflect. Uh, I took a picture outside of it, though. I marked out a little bit. And I'm not even sure if that's definitely the diner because I got another report that it may have been in Jersey, but whatever. It's the same well, same little diner. It was a portable one, and it was in yeah. But But, yeah, that's like those it, – it is the diner in diner is like one of those old kind of roadside ones it, where the, the setup looks the same, but this one is just – like it's just it's long. It's just long. There's no depth to it. So it's just, mm-hmm. just you walk in, the bar's the length of the place, and there's booths on the other side of the bar. Which seems very old school to me. I'm not sure if I've ever been in a diner exactly like that. 
probably. Didn't we go to one in Jersey that time before the, the Preakness that was kind of set up like that? That I feel like there. I feel like we, there was a dining area, like a dining room. Like there's, there's no dining room in this, in this one. Okay. Right. And I'm saying in diner, there's no dining room. Right. It's, it's just booths. Right. Yeah. I feel like there. I feel like the Jersey one, and I feel like all Jersey ones have dining rooms. They're all kind okay. of okay. Like diners are a big Northeast thing, and like I don't know where the best diners are, but I feel like Jersey, New York, Connecticut, all have tri-state area. I would say yeah, it has pretty, to be pretty solid diners all around but uh yeah what's your what's your go-to at a diner but does it depend on the time of day yeah i guess it depends on the time of day and yeah you know i haven't had like a dinner at a diner i did i did do dinner at a diner over the summer i made the mistake of ordering a special i don't know why oh no no, you know, actually, I do know why. We hadn't been out of the, we hadn't really been out of the house in a while because everything, and I was just like, oh, I try something new, and I was hungry, and I hadn't eaten out, and I was like, it's like you know what, this this shepherd's pie. Let's give the shepherd's pie a chance. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't mind. I don't mind exploring a little bit, you know. But you know, it just usually it's just a burger. Like I just like a burger and fries at a diner for a dinner. Burger and fries. Yeah. I'm more of a club sandwich if I'm going the lunch dinner route. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turkey club, roast yep. beef club. Yeah. Can't believe he's eating the roast beef sandwich. <laughs> Chicken salad club. Uh, no, but I'm actually like, I'm probably, if I was doing percentages, I'd probably say like 85% breakfast at a diner. Yeah. Even if know. I go late night, I've, I've gotten omelets, you know, corned beef hash, eggs over easy, pancake. Uh, yeah, sometimes I can't like, resist those waffles. That Belgian waffle is so good. I mean, it may as well be dessert. Yeah. It's, it yeah. may as well be a hot fudge sundae. Yeah. It's that, it's that perfect and rich. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's, co- it's coffee and then we'll see. Coffee and then we'll see. Yeah. I remember one like, being like these guys' age is probably a little bit younger, like 18 years old, and going there one night, late night. It was probably like a Tuesday night, like what we're doing right now. You know what I mean? We didn't have any responsibilities. And we snuck in like an entire bottle of Anazette <laughs> and just sat there and drank co- I'm sure we ate too but we just sat there and drank like almost the whole thing just pouring it in our coffees <laughs> you know that's the diner though you know what I mean a couple hours you kill two three hours bullshitting that's th- this movie is pretty influential because I wanted to be these people for some whatever reason I wanted to be them after I first saw it. I saw it in high school and then I would go to the diner I'd hang out. We'd hang out and talk like outside our cars. We'd go inside. You could smoke in the diner. You'd, you'd smoke a couple of cigarettes, have have coffee, get French fries and gravy. Go oh, outside, course, smoke yeah. some smoke some more cigarettes. And also, we just wanted to smoke because you couldn't smoke at home, right? Think so. Uh, <laughs> this is a place that we could smoke, and uh, and I, I just it was uh, yeah. I mean, we kind of pretended what we were. I mean, we're definitely not like Mickey Rourke, but. <laughs> You know, we weren't Eddie either, but we, you know, it's, it's just like it just seemed like it just seemed like a cool thing to do is to go hang out at the diner. I don't know why. It is cool to the point where at some point I was known, like I was in line at a club. I think I've mentioned the story before, and I was at this point I was working at a diner, and I and I had always hung out at a diner. And somebody I was in line at the club, and somebody was like, "Hey, you're the diner guy, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, be a little more specific. Oh, wow. Yeah, be a little more specific than that." <laughs> 
You were <laughs> Earl. <laughs> I was Earl. It's yeah. a building with feet. <laughs> uh, all right. So in the in the movie, we we get like it's just like snippets. Like it all starts out with uh, like Mickey Rourke with Boogie taking bets on on the if they'll uh, first we know Boogie has a bet on a basketball game, and Bagel who's like. I don't know. I don't know how to describe. Bagel. He doing Cialis commercials now or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Good for him. Bagel is a. Uh, I don't know if he's like a small time kind of crook, but he's a legit guy. Maybe he's a little bit shady. I think he's a little bit shady. Yeah, I mean, he's not Tony Soprano, but he's uh, he might be a touch crooked. He's in the home improvement business, so probably there's he probably rubs elbows with a few guys. Yeah. Um, but he seems like a guy to go to if you have a problem or to get things done if you need a favor or something like that. But, right, not on Tony Soprano level. So, Bagel t- tells him to back off. And uh, to offset this $2,000 bet, kind of an insane idea he has is to take $10 bets from his friends that this chick will go for his dick at a mm-hmm. movie. Not a smart girl. As pointed out, she can't be a smart girl for him to pull this off, which he does kind of pull this off. He throws cold, man. Let me let me talk about Bagel real quick. So, oh uh, yeah, we just did that. Never mind. My question was how big? <laughs> how big is he? <laughs> but he's not big, right? We 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 established he's not he's nah. not big. Right? Uh, so they they go to the theater, and th- I feel like this is a there's a couple quote-unquote classic scenes. I think this is the one people kind of know about is the dick and the popcorn scene. For people who don't aren't like as familiar with Diner as us? Right. And I don't, I don't think not really a lot of people are that familiar with it, but I feel like this is a, uh, a well-known scene. At least, maybe, if, maybe if you're just like a movie fan, like you heard about Diner. Casual observer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay, so he puts puts his dick in the popcorn she reaches in she's eating popcorn off the top of his cock for some time there eventually goes <laughs> <laughs> that's how she got the flu <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> eventually she you know makes contact with it screams runs out he talks his way out of it goes ends up going into the theater to, to, to watch his friends don't pay him. Let me ask you this. Does Boogie win this bet or does he lose this bet? Like, would you, I mean, if, you, if, you had, if you had money against him getting his penis touched? Yes. Pecker touching with intent. Would you pay up or would you argue like uh, Eddie and Shreve were arguing? See, I'd have to go back and watch the scene where they exactly make the bet. But I feel I could just be defending Mick because I'm a Mickey Rourke fan. <laughs> I mean, he she she grabbed it. I mean, was there ever was there ever a, a uh, what do you call it? like a clause in the bet that said she had to do it with intent? Yeah, well, I I, I, I think that it's the line is I bet she goes for my packer. I think that's the line. But here's where here's where I, I probably think- would argue it though. I'll be honest though, I probably would argue it. Here here's where I think you have to pay him. She went back into the theater with him. Yeah. She went back to watch the movie. She left with him. 
Right. If she files a police report, then I'm not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. Maybe. I mean, he's going to bail him out, but that he's got <laughs> to pay it back. Yeah. Right. Double. Plus. Yeah. And plus, as, plus he's, the 10. as he's telling the story, she's like enamored by it. She's like, oh, you're, it went right through the box. She's like, oh, well, just push right called the it. Flap. Just push right through the flap. Yeah. Not a smart girl. <laughs> uh, I think you have to say I think you gotta, I think you got to pay him because because you got away with it. Yeah, the only thing I was thinking about during that bathroom scene is just uh, in terms of like all time eighties like hairstyles. I was like Mick might take the cake. <laughs> I mean, what a head of hair! The guy just owned the eighties. What could I, what could I say? <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it was really horrible and all. Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> h- hilarious how he talks himself out of it and then uh, basically gets a second date. Now, here's yeah. another question. Here's a follow-up. Is it possible she faked the flu because she was like she rethought? Maybe she told her friends about it. Maybe she thought it over and they were like, "Yeah, there's no way we can't go out with that guy again." Sticking his dick in popcorn, like what the fuck is that? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say okay. she did. She has the flu. I All think right. she actually got sick. It's yeah. flu season, winter. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. Probably around a lot of people in Christmas. She was in a crowded movie theater. She was in a movie theater, right? It's a goddamn fucking vessel of germs. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's Mickey Rourke kind of cleans up, man. He's been with everybody. I mean, he was with Carol Heathrow. Yeah. He gets with Jane Chisholm. And he had been Chisholm with Trail, yep. And he had been with Beth at some point, and almost got Beth again. And he was with uh, who did you mention first? Did you mention the chick from the beginning? First hand info. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and he was with uh, the chick that Kevin Bacon was going out with, who he brings to the wedding. Yeah. Yep. My God, yep. the guy's been with every every girl, every girl yeah. in Baltimore. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh... I don't know. I'd be asking. I'd be asking other questions if I was Eddie to Elise. <laughs> Forget about the Alan Amici questions, man. Have you been, have you blown Boogie? <laughs> <laughs> Just like everybody Fucking else. Guy. Yeah. Wow. Um. So. All right. So through that. All right. So what happens next? I, through through that. Uh, that scene, we end up. Oh, and then the other thing is Tim Daly's back in town. He's like Silly, the one. Yeah. He's like the one guy I always kind of forget in the whole mystery. He's like got the least interesting story of everybody, even more. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I mean, he, if you're watching the movie like for the hundredth time, like you can go take a leak when he goes to the news station for the third time. <laughs> yeah, you know. Although, although there is there there is there's one of those scenes where they're at, when they're at the news station, he's talking to his girl, and they're talking like in the control room or whatever, and she sits and he sits on the thing, and the red light goes on. And always, yeah. it always kind of interests me because they're talking, but it matches up with it kind of matches up with the people on TV at the time, right? It's, it's like some TV. soap opera or something on, right? Right. And then there's it's a guy, a TV show. And there's a guy just like having a snack, reading the paper, just not paying attention, not has no clue that his actual conversation going on right behind him. I always, I always thought that was a good bit of editing there. Uh, yeah, good bit, good bit of filmmaking. Um. What else we got? Uh, uh, so then uh, he pop- so, but the, the best part of the Tim Daly story is he pops out there 
and boom, there's Willard Broxton. The Willard Broxton yeah. story is uh, just a moment in the movie, but it, it, it's such a great story to me where it's <laughs> where she's just going around for 10 years or so just trying to pick off all these guys. I want to know there's one guy left he's got to beat up. So the story is not beat up, but the, the story is that he slid hard in the second base when he was uh, in high school. Uh, the, the, the shortstop or second baseman took offense to it, uh, gave, him a sl- gave him a smack, and then the whole team beat the shit out of Billy. First of all, where the fuck is his team? Why are they not clearing out there and helping him mm-hmm. out? Mm-hmm. And, and second of all, and more importantly, does he ever get to the, the last guy and win? And, I mean, that's the fact that he's already been through seven of these guys and punched them is impressive to me. He just found these guys and he's breaking he, Well, Bro- Broxton, Broxton makes eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, guy, the guy's just tr- true to his word. I mean, here he is. He's back home. out to see a movie. He's visiting. And bang, there he is. He just takes care of business. Yeah. Sucker punches him, but, you know. Got a guy kind of well, had it coming. Yeah, well, it was uh, it was stated he was gonna. They were all gonna get theirs, and he and he did. And he did. Yeah, the fact that nine guys got to him before an umpire could break it up or one of his teammates could get out there, yeah, is pretty astounding. Maybe they didn't all get to him. Maybe he just held a grudge against all nine guys on the field. He was the one who went hard in the second, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's all nine guys in the field. All right. Yeah, catcher got there before the umpire. Yeah, right, you know, right fielder got there. Come on. Um, okay, so Eddie is an interesting character. Eddie, yeah. So <laughs> Steve, Steve Gutenberg. So Gutenberg, they they want to surprise him, right? And when Tim Daly is coming, Billy comes back, right? Right, it's like his guy. It's his best. That's his best. best friend, Billy, Billy, saying. right? So Billy's his best friend. Nobody tells him he's coming home. You know, a bunch of the guys go pick him up at the train station. Eddie, Eddie takes Paul Reiser home. Uh, so Eddie has like the bachelor party and it's just him and Billy. Oh, that, that's what the strip club was? That was the bachelor party? I don't know. I kind of assumed it was. It was the night before he's getting married. It's before he's getting married. They're going out to the strip club. I, I never put the... I just figured they were at the strip club hanging out. I don't know. How much... So we know Billy... And Eddie are best friends. Are there any? Is are any of them best friends besides those two? Are they? Yeah, just you like, could see like it would be a no brainer if one of them got married. The other one would be the best we, yeah, man. There you go. Yeah. So right. Like who do you who do you think uh, Daniel Stern's best man was? Oh, that's a good question. I uh, wow, Daniel. I mean, he does have a he does have a scene with Gutenberg where they're talking outside about marriage and stuff. But that could have been just because he's the only married guy, so he's kind of leaning on him for a little bit of advice. So yeah. they have a little bit of a, a link there. Yeah. Um, I think a dark horse. I think a dark horse could be Fenwick. Fenwick goes to see him at the, busy uh, at work. Yeah. 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 Questions him about his drinking, like he's close enough where he can kind of. Yeah, part of that may have been jealousy because he was at work, like drinking already <laughs> without me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, he he, cur- he curses in front of his wife and he apologizes like immediately. Right, right. I think I think it, I'm gonna go Fenwick. I talked myself into Fenwick. I could see that. I could see that. They also he invites them to go 
watch Boogie bang Carol Heathrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. pretty close. Well, that's a good. That's a good call. Yeah, maybe it is Fenwick. Yeah, is would Gutenberg be anybody's best man? Just, just probably Billy's, right? Mm. Or is it probably what about Modell though? They do. They have a little. I mean, they they battle, but they you know See, they're like still Mo- close. Modell might be no. Modell wasn't even in Eddie's wedding. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, but maybe Modell. I mean, maybe Modell's kind of an outsider. He doesn't have any friends, so he kind of like latches onto these guys. You only really see you only really see him in the diner, Modell. Outside, yeah, of I mean, the, I've seen him interviewed about it, like at the beginning of the DVD, and he goes like, "Yeah, I'm in it at the beginning, and then a bunch of bullshit, 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 and then I'm in it at the end." <laughs> I think it's the beginning of the VHS, actually. Is it? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but but he's a good guy to have around because obviously he can make a speech like uh, you know on a dime. I know. Yeah, he almost of... turns into Paul Reiser for the last three minutes of the movie. He just goes up there and does a set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's great. Let me ask you something about Eddie Ray. He's got the the cult obsession, obviously. Diehard yep. Colts yep. fan. Yep. The test, as we know, for those of you who don't know about the test, obviously gives his obviously like everyone does it. <laughs> he gives his future uh, crazy, bride. The, the crazy Mario test? Yeah. <laughs> that, I think that would have been a little more sane than uh, Eddie's test. <laughs> gives her a Baltimore Colts test, which how, I don't even know how long they had been around by then. Well, I think it was a, it was a football test. It wasn't all Colts questions. Oh, it wasn't? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, I don't, it, it was a football test. Okay. It was 140 questions. It can be like, that's Colts. There was true and false, multiple choice, and short, short answer. answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is my question. This is my question about Eddie. Yep. The Colts move in 1984 <laughs> to Indy. Does Eddie follow them? But if you're, and if you're, that's 24 years later after 1960. So that makes him from his early 20s to like his mid to late 40s. Um, that's and football's gone for 12 years. They don't get the Ravens until '96. Oh, he might kill man. himself between 84 and 96. Shit. That's a great question. Does he follow them to Indy? It's so tough in 1982 because there's no NFL package. You, you know, you're forced to watch whatever's on TV, right? You're not. That's uh, man. I can't imagine rooting for a football team and having to wake up and read about the box score on Monday morning. Or hoping like the news tell, talks about him. I guess ESPN was around at that point in '82. But yeah, I mean, how do you follow your team back then? I don't even. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I I'd have to look back and see what people in. I I think it would just kind of go with the crowd. Whatever people in Baltimore did, I, I would assume there's some people who did follow him to Indy. But who is the other team? Like, who would they start? Who who would they get? Yeah, Washington. Ugh. NFC. Washington would be a good team to latch on to at that point. Yeah, they, they, they're about to win two Super Bowls in the yeah. late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Um, it might be John easy. Riggins, Joe Gibbs. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting question. I've always, I've always actually asked myself that question when I watch this movie. Like, what does Eddie do with the Colts? Because I don't know. It depends Like, what, where his allegiance is. Like, he seems like a, a Colts – Seems like a Colts fanatic. Like I don't know if he's a necessarily like a Baltimore guy. Like I don't know if he's an Orioles fan or 
whatever. He just seems like he's a cult fanatic where I do yeah. give him a chance that he follows them to Indy. But he's, I mean, he's sure he's not happy about it. He's definitely heartbroken. Right. So, so do you think he goes to get, adopts the Ravens then? If, if he sticks with Indy, does he adopt the Ravens because he's so pissed? That's, that's another question. 12 years. What about what does he do with the Ravens? Yeah. Yeah. How, so how about whole, how old would he be when the Ravens – so if he's 22 in the beginning of 1960, let's say 22, 1960, when the Ravens come along, that's uh, – 60 years old. He's like late 50s. Christ, yeah. Can't be bouncing around teams in your 50s and 60s. But it's, it's – you've never had a deal with anything like that. So how – I see, I think if my team – I don't root for a local football team, so I guess it doesn't matter. But, like, let's say – the Yankees left, or let's say the Dolphins just went extinct. I don't know if I, I don't think I would adopt another team. I think I would just still just watch the sport as like, it would be weird, but I would just watch it as like a casual observer and uh, I mean, enjoy about, the sport. You still, you hear about all these uh, Dodgers fans who aren't Dodgers fans anymore. Brooklyn. But then there are some that are Dodgers fans still. Yeah. Well, my grandfather was one of those guys who was a Brooklyn Dodger fan and didn't follow them to LA. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But again, they moved in 1957. So how the fuck was he going to watch the Dodgers? And Eddie is a is a different case too. Eddie, right? Eddie is a fanatic, which makes him a little different. You know, I bet he takes it personally and never watches a Colts game again. Does he, he watch any football ever again? Probably. He probably because football you, you can't take football out of a guy's blood. But you, but loyalty is to a team. And if you just up and leave a guy who's been loyal to you like that for so long. I bet he tells them to go fuck themselves. I actually read a little bit about how it happened. It was Jim Mersey, who did he just die? Jim Mersey, or he's not? I don't know if he's the owner or whatever anymore. He wanted them to make renovations to Memorial Stadium because they shared a stadium with the Orioles. Okay, yeah. Until the Orioles got Camden Yards in the early nineties, mm-hmm. he wanted them to make renovations, and uh, I don't know what exactly what happened. Something fell through. Someone didn't uh, come through on what they were supposed to do, and he just up and moved them. That was it. Yeah, I mean – You know what the weird thing about the Ravens are, though? The Baltimore Ravens? It's like you basically stole the Cleveland Browns. Such a – yeah, such a scuzzy thing that happened, yeah. And they turned into a model franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's (laughs) – that's why I think the Browns might be – this is a whole other discussion, but that's why I think the Browns might be, like, the number one – not cursed. I mean, maybe cursed, like, just downright just cur- – like, they got a team taken from them, and they became one of the model franchises in the NFL, two Super Bowls. Yeah. The Browns haven't even been close. Yeah, it wasn't like – and there's, it wasn't like the Browns were on the verge either. It was just like the Browns were always kind of the Browns. Yeah, well, they had a couple moments in the 80s. But, yeah, when they moved in the 90s, they had Belichick. They had a playoff appearance. But they weren't – no, they weren't a Super Bowl contender. Right. No, no, no. And, yeah, it's like, and, that, and now, like, you know, they're kind of, you know, laughing stock constantly. Just like the Browns are being the Browns. Yeah, they're a punch. It's never – yeah, it's never – never what you want to hear. I mean, unless you're the Patriots, I guess. The Patriots being the Patriots. Just meaning, like, you know, they stole some team's tape or something like that. Yeah, inflated some balls or something, but that's just the Patriots being the Patriots. It's different than the Browns being the Browns. But I guess you never want to be the team in that in that sentence. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Eddie takes it personally. Probably sends an angry letter to Jim Mersey, uh, maybe a death threat. 
maybe a bomb. Yeah, he might be in prison. Yeah, he might be doing time, man. Yep. Who who goes to the championship game? By the way, that was I read that was the only championship game ever in Baltimore, NFL. Mm, yeah. Championship. I mean, I was back before there was a Super Bowl, so it was in someone's home yeah. stadium. Yeah. So Shreve, they leave in the diner that night, right? This is when Earl does the whole left side of the menu, including yeah. the fried chicken dinner. Yep. Um, Shreve says he'll meet them there and take the car, take his car. Okay. So it's Shreve, Eddie. Who else goes to the game? Um, I don't think – Mickey and Fenwick don't go because they're – that's when they meet Jane Chisholm. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's that aligns with that. Modell goes, you think? Modell probably. What's up? Modell action. I got a free ticket. <laughs> um, I don't think Billy goes. Why not? Oh, he's with a girl. He's with Barbara. I was gonna say maybe Fentwood goes, but he's that's when they see uh I think so. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I got the timeline a little screwed up there. I I pretty I always in my mind I'm picturing that scene where they're 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 in the parking lot and the next scene is them driving down the highway and he's going, Excuse me, miss, oh Yeah. And then I don't know where they're going because they get back in the car and they're like, and he's like, uh, should, we, should we keep going? And Ben was like, yeah, might as well call it a night. <laughs> where, are you guys, where are you guys going? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, if, I, if, I have, if that timeline is correct, I'm going to stick to that. Okay. I don't think Ben will quit. All right, so maybe three, three of them. Yeah. But I could, but I could definitely see Ben going, though. He seems like he's a football guy. He I seems think, like you'd just be a guy who wants to have a drink before noon. Does, yeah, looking for an excuse. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Meeting at the diner. So they, they got, you know, on the way back, you hit the diner. Yep. A little celebratory uh, fries and gravy. All right. I like it. <laughs> Did you, you looked up that game? A little yeah. bit of highlights in the box I, score? I watched the fourth, yeah, the fourth quarter as well. I watched the fourth quarter highlights. Oh, okay. I looked the box score. This yeah. is. The Giants, Giants are winning, right? Giants are up 9-7 going into the fourth quarter. And the Colts have a huge fourth. Right. The, the Colts have a good good field position. They score on a Johnny Unitas bootleg touchdown. Um, Johnny U. And then uh, when it's – so that makes it 14-9. Charlie Connerly, Giants quarterback, throws a deep ball, gets picked. Unitas turns into another touchdown, touchdown throw. Uh, and then Charlie Connolly throws another pick that Johnny Sample returns for a touchdown. And then uh, Giants, desperate times, try uh, having Frank Gifford throw a deep ball. And Johnny Sample picks that one off, too. They score 24 points in the fourth, go on to win pretty handily. 24. Uh, I think it was 24-15. I think the Giants did end up scoring. 24-16, Giants did score a touchdown. And Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall's the Giants kicker, right? Yep, Pat Summerall's on the team, yep. Can you yep. think of a, a more famous, like, after football kicker? No, it's just Jay Feely tried to do it. He's on, like, CBS Sports or something, but, like, fuck uh, Jay I mean, Feely. You know I mean, mean? Summerall is part of the, the maybe the most well-known 
uh, announcer color man team. Of right. He's not even a color man. He, he's a legit announcer. Like, yeah. no, you're not taking any other kicker seriously. Yeah. No. And he was great. He was great at it, man. He was phenomenal, phenomenal. voice. I mean, yeah. he's great. Yeah. There's not, no kicker comes close. <laughs> None. I was just, I just thought of that on the spot. I was like, what other kicker could have had that kind of career after no. football? No. Not even forget as an analyst. I don't even think and none of them could do it as an analyst, really. As a as a play by play guy. Yeah. I, I Joe think, Buck Joe Buck cites him as like an influence. I think I'd heard Francesa <laughs> interview him one time and he and he kind of talks about how he got into it pretty much like as he was still in the game. Like guys do Oh really? Yeah. And he he, he kind of planned for it and I think he might have even called something like not like he didn't just retire and then go into the booth i think he might even yeah. call I, I could have that completely wrong to be honest with you You know what i didn't realize when i was doing my minimal research on that game mm-hmm. <laughs> weeb eubank was the coach of the colts which i didn't realize in 58 and 59 when they beat the giants yeah and weeb eubank was the coach of the jets in super bowl three when they beat the colts wow did go. not realize that He's in the Ring of Honor for the. I mean, he's. I mean, he's royalty to the Jets. He's the only yeah. guy to win anything for them. I had no. I knew he was the coach of the Jets in Super Bowl three. I had no clue he was the coach. The uh, coach of the Colts. That's in fifty eight and fifty nine. That's because you're taking a leak there in the scenes when they're in the television station. Because probably they, they, in the background of those scenes, well, I'm ignoring what they're talking about. Coach Weeb Eubank. Yeah, they mentioned it in the telecast. Yep. Yep. We got an interview uh, ahead of the championship game. Yeah. yeah yep. Showed my hand there. December 27th, 1959. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that Giants team. That was the first year that. Um, Frank Gifford, right? Well, I don't know if, I don't know what year, he, if that was his first year, but that was the first year that Lombardi was gone. He, he had been the offensive coordinator for a couple of years. That was his first year in Green Bay. Tom Landry was the defensive coordinator still. Um, yeah, just Jesus. an insane <laughs> And they always team. lost in the championship game, the Giants. They, they have yeah. like a bunch of losses in the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, they had, they had a few championship wins before the merger, though. Yeah. They got a good, they got a good amount of championships. And Lombardi um, just – I, mean, I was looking up Lombardi's because I go down, you know, rabbit hole once I start looking up that shit. Just yeah. nine and one postseason record. Incredible. He lost his first ever playoff game. It Never was the lost, 1960 yeah. championship to the Eagles. Yep. Nine and no after that. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That's funny. Oh, went, yeah, I went down a little different rabbit hole because as I was doing my research for this, I found out, and I think you mentioned this to me before, but it was the first time I ever sat down and watched it that they did a pilot for a diner TV show. Did, did you know they? That? Oh, no. you, don't know, you don't know this? <laughs> oh. I don't think so. So Riser is the only remaining – the character names are the same. Riser is the only remaining actor. Oh, maybe I have her. Okay, go ahead. So Fenwick is played by James Spader, and Boogie is played by Michael Madsen. <laughs> what year is this from? Uh, I don't know. It's pretty. It's pretty shortly. At, it's got to be eighty three, eighty four. I guess I don't know. All so right. the so the pilot is on. It's in three parts on YouTube. 
And it's all it's it's the, the guy who was playing Eddie is coming back from his honeymoon. Like he, he just got back from it's 1960. He just oh wow, so they pick right up. Pick right up. He's coming back from his honeymoon, and the <laughs> the whole thing is that uh, he's not going to be allowed to come. He goes he comes back to the diner as soon as he comes back, and he's like, "Oh, it's my last time coming to the diner." And they're like, "What? Why?" And he's like, "Oh, well, you know, I talked to Elise. I got to grow up. I'm going to law school. This and that. It's time for me to grow up." You know, at least told you can't go to the diner anymore. It's like, no, she didn't tell me that, but we had a conversation and I, you know, I shouldn't do it anymore. So that's like, oh, we got to have a going away party for Eddie. And then Shrevey starts to get his balls busted. And they go, like, then they, then they go to Elise and Beth. There's a whole scene with those two. And she's like, oh, we had a big fight before your wedding about, because I put the, I put the wrong album and the wrong part of the shelf. Like, that was really, wow. yeah, strange, man. And then, uh, and then at the very end, they get a cake. They get a cake for Eddie and have a going away party at the diner. And uh, is going away from the diner party? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they bring out a cake and stuff. Oh, there are some other actors. The, the Greek guy from the diner is still there. The real the guy from the movie. And, Perfect. And, and, All right. Eddie, and Eddie's mother is still there. Um. And uh, at the very end, the whole right before they they close out the show, it's. Uh, his going away party and it's over and he's like, yeah, well, at least change your mind. Just that could come back. And I'm like, oh, we did all this for nothing. And that's like the big payoff punchline. <laughs> <laughs> so the oh, and then Shrevey starts getting his balls busted for going to the diner and stuff like that. But that, that's how it ends with the the end of the party. It's uh, yeah. I mean, there's a, you know, Riser has a few moments in it. It's nothing great, but uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see them back at the diner. Madsen is wearing like the the jacket with the white with the white uh scarf and spader is not it's got the scarf yeah it's, it's just funny seeing those guys hanging around you know fells point diner yeah speaking of the white scarf when boogie sh- when boogie shows up on the horse yeah see chisholm yeah. he's dressed exactly like stallone and rocky <laughs> the only thing he's missing is the fucking bouncy ball whatever you want to call it he's got the hat the Come leather all dressed in black yeah exactly like him it might have been boogie may have been the inspiration for uh probably i guess it was made in 82 so whatever right but he's from 1960 so right 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 good point <laughs> um a couple questions for you yep Nuance versus gesture. More of a gesture guy. Yeah, yeah. You don't know where you stand with nuance. No, you don't know where you stand with gestures. Yeah, more comfortable saying gesture. I got, I got a nuance sounds I got a pretentious. No, I don't have a problem with nuance. Nuance? Yeah, I don't. No, I, don't. I never use nuance. Yeah, I guess it's far and few between. Gestures. A- Say it's a. Yeah, it's a nice gesture. Gestures more empty, common. I say empty gesture all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's more common than nuance. I don't know if I have a problem with nuance per se. I never really considered this conversation until this part. Until this I wouldn't. Part. I wouldn't say I have a problem with nuance. I just don't really use it. <laughs> well, you you said you had a problem with nuance a minute ago. Well, it's not. It's not a hard. You said it was. Pre- you said it was pretentious. It is a little pretentious. All right, uh, Mathis or Sinatra. I can't say Presley, right? That's Boogie's. Uh, 
No, I mean, you got to go. What are you talking about if you're making out? <laughs> I mean, it's obviously Sinatra. I mean, it's Sinatra either way, so who are we kidding? I just can't believe that it was ever a conversation. Like, I don't even know a Johnny Mathis song, do you? Like, I know who Johnny Mathis is. But I, I know, know who he is, but, yeah, I, I didn't uh, – I just assumed it was just kind of over our heads because we weren't around in 1959. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Maybe it was one of those. Maybe it was LeBron versus MJ. It was the LeBron versus MJ in the 50s. I'm not sure if Mathis is an – I mean, he's good, but – Oh, of course. And so – all the I just looked up, pulled up Johnny Mathis to find out like uh, what his top songs were, but his most popular songs right now are all the fucking Christmas songs. That makes sense. He sounds like a Christmas guy. I don't I don't know any of these songs that uh, are on his. This is Johnny Mathis. Should have done a little Johnny Mathis. Uh... A little Johnny Mathis research. Yeah, we dropped yeah, the ball there. For sure. But it's all, yeah, it's all fucking Christmas shit. Let's see. Okay, let's go to live album. What what song does he end with? That told me a lot. On his live album. <laughs> oh, he ends with when a child is born. <laughs> he ends with a Christmas song. <laughs> God damn it, Johnny. It was recorded in July. <laughs> Probably. The Christmas music of Johnny Mathis. Mathis on Broadway. The Christmas album. Isn't it romantic? The standards. Sending you a little Christmas. Every other fucking album is a Christmas album, Johnny. <laughs> Branch out, man. Uh, well, let's see. What's the most popular? This is the most popular uh, Johnny Mathis Christmas song. All right, let's, let's do it. I mean, you know this one. I've heard this one a few times. I've probably heard this from 10 different people. Yeah, well, there's Johnny's version. Everybody that everybody loves. Um, but, I mean, the Sinatra versus Presley is really the Jordan versus LeBron debate. Yeah. Because that's they're also kind of very they're also very different too Sinatra and uh, Elvis very different and it's generational I mean uh, right Elvis was considered like porn back then yeah (laughs) yeah shaking his uh, hips right to to, well not Sinatra but the Sinatra's like loyal listeners right yeah so so a lot of like the hardcore old school Sinatra people did not like Elvis. Right, yeah, because he was, yeah, I mean, he was rock and roll, and Sinatra was a standards guy. Right. Um, but, I mean, it kind of goes back to, uh, not goes back to, but it, if you look at Pulp Fiction, when they're sitting in the car, and she says, uh, what, she didn't say Sinatra, President, she says, you're a Beatles guy or, or an Elvis guy? Everybody, you know, everybody's one or the other, right? It's Beatles or Elvis? Is that what it is? I don't remember, yeah. I don't um, remember but, that. But, but there's, uh, I feel like that's, could be said the same thing for Sinatra or Elvis. Elvis versus the Beatles. Well, I don't remember that line for some reason. Is that the thing? Well, she's like, you're an Elvis man. In the car, in the car Uma and uh, Travolta. And she's like, you're yeah. an Elvis man. And she's like, everybody's either an Elvis man or a Beatles. I thought it was Beatles. Yeah. 
It could be. I don't remember. Elvis or Beatles? Okay. Uh, what Elvis, about um Yeah, Elvis Man or Beatles Man. Elvis Man or Beatles Man. And what yeah. does Travolta say? Uh no, he just uh she just says an Elvis man like you should love this before they go into Jack Rabbit Slims. Oh, okay. And I think he Got just it. what she means. I don't think he has I don't think he has a comment on whether he is what about Chuck Berry. Be a Chuck Berry man. Could he be. shows up, <laughs> run run Rudolph. <laughs> It wasn't during the manger scene, like you said. No, it was no. It was in a car. Driving. That's when he finds out about this when he finds out about the uh the point spread. But oh they lost by fourteen. Yeah, that's tough, man. That is just that's how many times have you been on the other end of that phone call? <laughs> I mean that hey, that that goes back to you say, How do you follow your team back then? That's kinda how it was. I mean obviously that's a bet. You know what I mean? But that's yeah, kind of yeah. how you would find out, like, your team won or lost a lot of times. Secondhand info, oh, radio, you know. That's really before sports talk radio, but, I mean, that's kind of how it went a lot of times. Where do you think Boogie ends up? Uh, well, Boogie ends up so – so, Bagel pays off his debt and squares away and then basically hires him. So, he quits – on the spike, quits law school – and and the beauty parlor, I guess, at the same time, right? Because he can't work at the beauty parlor and for Bagel, so he goes to work for Bagel, who kind yeah. of owns he kind of owns him at that point, at least for two grand. <laughs> um, but they're on good terms, though, right? Bagel likes him. He's probably he's doing something with Bagel. He knows his father, right? He kind of like mentions his father a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, his father's dead, and they, they're just kind of right. So he, and he knew Bagel probably. Yeah, I wonder. I, the, he's probably one of the guys he's rubbing elbows with. Maybe that's why. That's why his father's dead because he was one of the shady guys. Could um, be. But uh, yeah, I, what happens to Boogie? I mean, he probably just gets he probably just gets hooked up with Bagel, makes good money with Bagel, and, and that's all. He, that's all he really needs is a job to make good money with, and that's mm-hmm. that, if that's the best job he can get. You know, people will respect him enough uh, there and. You know, he could he could kind of he's not he's not going out there trying to find better work. I don't think if he's getting a paycheck that he could live off of, he's probably going to stick around. So no lawyer. He's not a lawyer. No, he he said he was only going to be only going to law school as a come on for the girls, <laughs> which is crazy. Bagel Bagel loves that too. By the way, he yeah. tells him he's like they like it. He's like yeah. And Bagel's like they like it a lot. <laughs> 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 it's a great line. <laughs> So you think he does the whole married with kids thing? I doubt it. I think maybe married, divorced, kids. It's like a weekend dad. If he gets if he gets if he gets married, it's 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 on a whim, like in Atlantic City or something. Um, Yeah, and if he has kids, he probably barely sees them. I'm going to say he knows better. I'm going to say he knows better and just never got married. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't work with Chisholm, who he brings to the wedding, right? That's true. That's yeah. That's one we look. Yeah, but I it. think I don't think that works. That doesn't work out. No, that's too. Just uh, he's from the wrong side of the, side of the tracks. They seem to be getting along for a minute there, but uh, yeah, she's calling him Bobby like yeah. the first oh, date. What the fuck is going on? You there? Ed? I'm here. All right, I lost you for a second. I don't know what just happened. 
No, I was just saying she calls him Bobby for a second. You could tell he's like, this is nah, over. Yeah, but it, like he even tells Beth, he's like, as soon as she hits the fan, you know, he's out of there. Right? <laughs> he's, out, uh, he's already got one foot out the door with Chisholm. So, oh, so, with, so the, the second bet that Boogie makes is that he, that he fucks Carol Heathrow on the second date, right? So yeah. she, she gets the flu. This movie is like seconds away from being a much different movie. Yeah, it gets a little dark. It, it's, they're they're a, a thin wall and a door away from this being a much different movie. So he, so he, he, he picks up Beth, who he's friends with, who's having a tough time with Shrevy, his friend, and they have a little history, but she's not feeling good about herself. She's a very vulnerable situation. She's a history with Boogie, and obviously it's a good one. With nice memories for both of them, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, and he, you know, he convinces her to come hang out while Shrevy's at the football test. But me, but also, but also, both kind of knowing that this is this is not a going out for a cup of coffee and a chat. This is this is a serious date. This is a, not a date. This is uh, yeah, this is a Tinder date. This is a fucking get out of town date, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is his, is his friend's wife. As you mentioned before, Shrevy gets in, goes up there in the closet with with Eddie or with Fenwick mm-hmm. uh, to verify because they somebody needs to verify these sick fucks. Even if it wasn't, <laughs> even if it was Carol Heathrow, these people are sick fucks in the closet to watch. Well, they got money on it, you know. Yeah, no, I hear you. And you don't want to do the dusting. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> So if if he I don't I'm not gonna ask you like well, obviously there'd be fists thrown hurt feelings like obviously know that but oh, I mean yeah. much different I, you know he, he's he's getting divorced he's getting he's never gonna talk to to Mickey Rourke again he's never talking to Boogie again I mean it's it's a disaster if they, if she walks into that room and what is supposed to happen happens it's uh. I mean, everything's over. Everything's different. Not that very end where they're all together happy it does not happen. There is no happy ending. It just goes to show you that uh, life, just like football, game of inches. There you go. Yeah. Good thing. <laughs> it's full circle. Eddie was on to something there. <laughs> you know what I mean? If she enters that door, a lot of things are different. Oh, she yeah. doesn't because of Boogie. actually has a conscience and sells, you know. He, he let his addiction get the best of him, you know. It wasn't yeah. like he was trying to bang his friend's wife. It was just like, I need to make some money to pay off my bookie, yeah. which is actually a little bit relatable. But, you know, <laughs> his, the angel, the angel, the good, you know, the good side of his, uh, on his shoulder told him, can't do that. And uh, he calls it off. He's honest with her. And Shrevy he probably takes Beth to the Poconos and fucking puts a fucking couple kids in her, whatever. He, uh... He calls it all oh. out of respect for her, though, not out of respect for Shrevy. <laughs> let's, let's be clear here. Well, yes, and I mean, it's out of respect for her, but I think you don't think it's a little bit out of respect for their marriage. A little bit, a little bit. I mean, he but does tell her to like work things out with yeah. him. It's not like he's like, yeah, fuck that guy. Because when he goes back to the diner, I got to kind of go back and look at at uh, Boogie's face. But he goes back to the diner, and they're like, "What happened?" And and Shrevy goes, "You chicken out." <laughs> oh. And Shrevy's saying that that's like a little bit of a dig that you got. All right, he's got to got to you kind of got to take it. You can't just feel like, uh, yeah, 
I could have just bang, I could have banged your wife in the hallway if I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> she would have taken me. She would have taken me down. Or she would. Have, she would have taken me anyway. I would have given it to her, man. <laughs> <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Yeah. Free. All it took. All it took was a look, and for me not to talk about my records for two seconds. <laughs> she was ready. <laughs> yeah, I didn't ask her about the flip side. She was <laughs> yeah. all over uh, me. There was only one flip side that she was interested in, and I was. <laughs> But it was for me to finish her off from behind. Yeah. So Shrevy and Beth work it out though. They're fine. Shrevy and Beth. People don't get divorced out. back then, really. Uh yeah. I'm sure they had a little bit of a sixties you know, was the start of it, I think. Sixties was? The start I'm gonna say they yeah. I'm gonna say they make it to distance though. Uh, probably grow yeah. to like load each other a little bit, but you know, it's normal. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they could figure out the uh, the record situation. If that's their if that's their biggest problem. They're gonna be okay. James Brown, R and B, Gutenberg. I don't know about him. Yeah, I'm not sure about him. He he is ready to call the wedding off, man. After she gets a 63 in the test, he's ready to call the wedding off. And uh, Shrevy almost blows it for him. Shrevy almost blows now it. Alan <laughs> I we had a picture of over his bed. Eddie did? I think so. When Billy goes to see him, I think ah, he's got a picture of Alan Amici. Nice. Number nice, 44. Nice I don't know. Yeah, no, I know he has a Colts bobblehead in there. There's a lot of Colts stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you? Oh, I got one for you. Have you ever had a Natty Boy? Natty Bow? The Boy Bow? I don't know how it's pronounced. Natty Boy. There's a billboard for it. They show a couple times outside the diner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, you don't really see it too many places. I had I had some when I was down there. Just a normal beer, normal lager. I I just like the uh, the label, Natty Bohemian Beer. Is it what they're drinking at the strip club too? Uh, it could be. It could mm-hmm. be. So it's not a normal beer because it's a beer from it's the beer from diner. So it's not a normal beer. Well, <laughs> it's a local beer. Yeah, yeah. I always like those local bears. 1885, first brood. There you go. Oof. From the pl- from the land of pleasant living. Is that what it's known as down there? That's a that's the slogan. Have you ever have you ever seen any other, any other uh, Barry Levinson movies? I guess besides the Natural. Uh, other Barry Levinson movies. I haven't seen any of the other ones in. Baltimore, right? Seen, Isn't there a bunch of? Uh, I've seen Liberty Heights a few times. I have, I have that one on DVD. That's pretty good. What else? Uh, what uh, else did ten, he direct? Ten, ten Men. I want to see that one. I've not seen Ten Men. That's Danny DeVito. Ten Men seems like it's got a great cast. Yeah. Um. Rain what Man. Yeah, Rain Man I've seen, yep. A bunch of times. Oh, he did, he did the Paterno movie. Oh, he did the Paterno movie? Yep. Oh, he did Sleeper? I forgot all about Sleeper. I love Sleepers. Yeah. Oh, this I know Disclosure. That's the uh, Demi Moore. Oh, yeah. I've Michael seen, Douglas. I've seen select parts of that movie before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else does he have here? Oh, he did Rock the Castle. I've been meaning to watch that for... Uh, Basically five years and never got to it. I know it got bad reviews, but uh, it's murder, I never right? got yeah. to it. 
I think I might have seen the end of that movie. Uh, Other than that, that's it. I think that's a wrap on uh, Barry Levinson. It did Sh- it Shades of Blue a couple episodes. I know you're a big fan of that show. Or, oh, that was the uh, that's Ray Leo to J Lo. Yeah, yeah, that, that show was terrible. It it, it got a good start and then it just went off a cliff. It's tough on NBC. I mean, what are you? Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, I got to see this Tin Men though. That's the only one I really. It's that's the one I haven't seen. That one. I want. Yeah, that's the one. That's I was looking at that actually before. By the way, Daniel Stern. Yes. For what he is, and I don't want to like. I don't want to talk shit about Daniel Stern, but you know he's not Pacino, <laughs> obviously. Pretty good run in the nineties. Uh, yeah, Home Alone. <laughs> Home Both Home Alones. Alone City Slickers. Oh yeah. Yep. He was obviously, you know, a little bit of a camp, not cameo, but smaller role in Rookie of the Year. We did Celtic Pride with Ackroyd. This is just a good run in movies that you like. This is I don't know if this is necessarily a good run. <laughs> no, I think it's a good run. Those are like those are uh, ninety like movies staples. you go to rent at Tommy K's when they come out. Comedies. Ninety yeah. staples. Yeah. Bushwhacked. Remember that movie? No. I don't remember it either, but I think I saw it. It was a good run for what he is in the nineties. Uh yeah, he's he's a he's a serviceable actor, good at what he does. Not uh, great, he's just good. He's the hall of very good. He was in very bad things with Slater oh, yeah. and uh, yep. Favreau. What was the last movie he was in? I don't know. Last thing I remember him in, he was in an episode of Workaholics. Episode of Workaholics. Yeah, he was in one episode, I believe. The vo- he was the voice on Wonder Years. Yeah, that was not that recently. That was a while ago. I said it. I said nineties. Yeah, he's been in stuff that I've never heard of recently. Oh yeah, I couldn't tell you what he was in recently. Uh, yeah, so you have Gutenberg, Stern, Rourke, Bacon, Tim Daly. Riser Tim Daly, L- I always just knew as the guy from Wings. That's it. Uh, JT Dolan, that's how I know him. Well, yeah. His claim to fame has to be Wings. There's nothing bigger. He never did anything bigger than Wings. Right, for, for himself, yeah. yeah. T- uh, so, Alan Barkin and Riser. Again, Alan Barkin, I always liked, yeah. B- Bacon's the biggest, became the biggest star of everybody, right? I know you're gonna say yeah. Mick, but Mick got no like bacon. No bacon's yeah. Bacon became like a legit movie star. Yeah, he was in Footloose. Yep, yep. Footloose. Mick would probably be second though. Either Mick or Gutenberg. Paul Thirteen. He was in. Yeah, he's in Hollow Man. Yeah, he's in a Mystic <laughs> Mystic River. No, yeah, yeah. Bacon's huge. He's obviously the biggest name. It's not really close. Yeah, what does Bacon have any Oscar nominations? I don't know. I know Mick does, though, right? Wrestler? Yep. yep. That is a good question. Does Bacon have any Oscar noms? I don't see anything on his page here. Oh, one, well, this is one, one Golden Globe. For what? TV or movie? Uh, he won a Golden Globe. Huh. Yeah, TV. Winner, best performance by an actor in a miniseries or motion picture for television. Taking Chance, whatever that is. Huh. 
And then Paul Reiser, I always knew him, obviously mad about you, right? That's his yeah. thing. Yeah. Wow. I, I can't believe I don't see any Oscar nom any nothing for Oscars for he doesn't have a Teen Choice Award. Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, in terms of like acting abilities, I would say Bacon and Mick are equal. It's just Bacon had more like the Bacon had more like the uh, clean cut image, where Mick was, uh, you know, the bad boy image. No, they're they're both very very good actors. Yeah, yeah. you saw you've seen Nine and a Half Weeks with Mickey Rourke, right? Yeah. Yep. That was like the original Fifty Shades of Grey. It doesn't get attention. Yeah, that's it's yeah, it's 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 what it's what Running Man is to uh, Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Nine and a half weeks is like yeah. That's a fucking. That's like a psychological. He psychologically tortures that woman. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's twisted. The book it's is twi- actually even worse. It's twi- it's than the movie, it's apparently. It's twisted. Yeah. You know, like in the movie, how she like gets up and just eventually leaves him. By the way, his last name was Gray in that movie, and that's the last. Okay, or D's the original fucking Fifty Shades of Gray. All right, the original ripoff. But you know, in the movie, she Kim Basinger just gets up and like eventually just has enough and leaves him. Yeah, yeah. You know how the novel ends? No, no, I don't. She like has a mental breakdown, Uh. and like he brings her to a psych ward and just leaves her there. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. All right. That's but Mickey crazy. has too much class to do that, you know. Yes. Yeah. Just torture until she leaves, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He wore out his welcome like a fucking gentleman. I hate seeing this. I just op- I just opened up Mickey Rourke's IMDb page to see like what was coming. Because mm-hmm. uh, now I want to get both these guys Oscars before I die. It's my my next my, my goal is to get. Mickey Rourke and Kevin Bacon Oscars. Uh, un- unfortunately, uh, Mickey Rourke was on The Masked Singer. Oh, it sucks. Was he really? Yeah, I don't see Kevin Bacon doing that. Yeah, uh, that's tough. Yeah. Is that show coming back that Bacon did? What was it? Uh, the one in Boston. No idea. I, no, I have no idea. Mick's got a lot of stuff coming up, man. I don't know if anything's as good as gonna be as good as the wrestler. She should have won that. He should have won that Oscar. That was the year. Was it? Did Pitt win for something? Nah, Sean Penn won. Oh, Sean for, Penn uh, from playing Harvey Milk, and uh, he's tough. And he, but Sean Penn didn't didn't mention anybody else any of the competition, but he mentioned his brother Mickey Rourke. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember it was. That. It was it was, I, I I do like the Oscars because I like to kind of see the movies. I like when they talk about the history of the movies and stuff like that, and the tributes and you know to kind of history of Hollywood and stuff. And uh, what I, it's, it's all bullshit. I know it's like it's all people patting themselves in the back. It's not. Oh yeah, it's I mean, a there's circle jerk. There's a million better movies probably than the movies that actually get nominated and win, and they never get it right. Like you just look back and see who's won in certain years. And what movies we still give a shit about, and whatever. So it's all a bunch of bullshit. I understand that, but uh, I it's the Oscars is the only one I give a shit about, and it's it's just and it's especially in years 
when there's somebody I'm rooting for, like Scorsese with the Irishman, where I knew I was going to win anything, but I was kind of hoping against hope. So I went in to kind of see, you know, what, what he won or if Tarantino won anything from Hollywood. Yeah. And, uh, and I, when Mickey, I was invested when Mickey Rourke was nominated because he had won a Golden Globe or something else. And I was like, oh, he's got a, he's got a chance, man. And he was there with his fucking dog. And I, I was just, I was devastated. I was like fucking pissed at the Oscars for not giving it to him because he was so good in the wrestler. And, yeah, it's uh, like when Stallone lost. I was pretty mad about that a few years ago. What, I turned what, it on like an asshole. What, what was he nominated for? Creed, Best Supporting Actor. Oh, uh, was he? Yeah. See, I, I, I didn't think he had like a real chance. <laughs> for, I think for he that. was favorite at one point, but I really? don't know who he yeah, I don't even know who, who beat him up. I was that when he lost, I was pissed. And then the fact that Sean Penn like stood up there and was and mentioned him in the speech and like nobody else. victory. Yeah, and I was like, all right, well, Sean Penn, the guy who won, gets it. That's like okay, at least there's some good, there's some karma, good karma here. Like, all right. The, the, the wrong guy won, but the right guy, the right wrong guy won. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Um, um, and Sean Penn, of course, great actor. Just, uh, you know, I'd rather see the make of one there. Uh, as for Steve Gutenberg, no Oscar nominations. No, I didn't get one for Police <laughs> Academy, unfortunately. Mission to Moscow. It's too bad. <laughs> What else is he? The police Academy is his. I mean, obviously Mahoney. What yeah. else? Like three yeah. men and a baby. Gutenberg's. Yeah, the well kind of ran dry early. Short circuit. Short circuit. Yes. Uh, yeah, he was. If Stern was a '90s guy, uh, Gutenberg was an '80s guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was pretty much washed by the time. The 90s rolled around. He's, I mean, he's still in shit, man. He's still doing stuff. Yeah, I mean, these guys work. It's just uh, it's hard to stay relevant. Yeah, man. Keep keep working, Gutenberg. We'd love to see you, man. Yeah, man. You never know. You make a comeback. Just keep grinding. It's, yeah, just uh, it's a matter of like, kind of getting lucky and like, getting that one. <laughs> keep grinding on that rent money, Kanish. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Ellen Ellen Barkin. I like Ellen Barkin. Yeah, she's she, cool. She she's, kind of she's cool. She's badass, she, man. Yeah, she came uh, she came out of her shell a little bit in the eighties there with some movies. She was with Pacino and Sea of Love. I yep. know her most from probably the fan. Sure. Yeah. Yep. She was also you know quick quick cameo like in uh, Fair and Loathing. Yeah, it's a tough. That's a tough. Uh, uh, it's a tough scene. Yeah. The scene that she's a in. uncomfortable. A little bit. Backdoor Beauty. That's <laughs> Benicio writes Backdoor Beauty on a napkin. He's like, what? What? It's a horse that I know. <laughs> <laughs> Backdoor Beauty, question mark? Yeah. Uh, but she, 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 but she, a... she, kill, but she kills that scene, though, man. She's like, you could tell. She's like broken. But she still yep. stands up. Yeah, she's, she's great. She's a great actor. Oh, she was in a movie with Quaid in the 80s, too. Body, is it? Bo- not Body Heat. Body Heat's Kathleen Turner. The Big Easy with Dennis Quaid. Mm, I don't know that one. 
she's uh, looking good in that one. Yeah. Oh, she's like late late eighties. I know. I know. Not know the oceans, but she's in Oceans Thirteen, big part in Oceans Thirteen. Oh, okay. No, I, I don't really know the first Oceans, and I only saw it once, like in theater, so I don't really don't know it. Um. Yeah. But yeah, she, Mark she, Rylance is the guy who beat S- Stallone. For what? He was in Bridge of Spies. Yikes. That's, that's tough. Bridge of Spies is a Hanks movie? Yeah, and I would have voted for every other guy. What were the nominees at Hanks? The, what were the nominees at Stallone? Yeah. Give me the, give me yeah I would have, you would have voted for every one of these guys over him. Bale in the Big Short. Yes. Tom Hardy, yeah. Revenant. Yeah. Yep. No brainer. Ruffalo and Spotlight. What? What? I gotta see. I gotta see. I gotta see Bridge of Spies. See how good this guy is. Actually, I think I've seen all those movies, and all those guys are incredible in those movies. Yeah, I've seen all those movies except for Bridge of Spies. By the way, we got. I gotta watch The Big Short again. Uh Uh, Not to get off topic here, because I think we're gonna head towards another housing crash. I want to see how those guys got rich, (laughs) so we can do it ourselves this time. Take notes. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's crazy that that guy won. We may oh, have to watch British Spies. Well, yeah. after uh, Big Short. <laughs> yeah, for different different sorts, different kinds of research. <laughs> different research, yeah. Oh, also in uh, the Diner TV show, I forgot to mention yep. that Earl is. Uh, they're taking action on Earl trying to eat. Um, I think it's six Chinese. Family dinners for five. <laughs> that was something ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and like they're, and Spader's asking Madsen, he's like, yeah, you want to get this action? And Madsen's like, yeah, it's no brainer. Easy money. <laughs> like, what? By the way, Earl, Earl at the wedding at the end. Oh, yeah. Going back for thirds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Incredible. Yeah. I'm glad he's there. He's not just a punchline for these guys. He's, a, he's their buddy. He's their guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's their guy, man. He's a, uh... It's 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 cheer. He's Norm, basically. Uh, he's um. You've got a few of those guys from the diner, from Twin Pines, or from uh, Rib House. Yeah, Rib House. Yeah, that's what that's what that bar was. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. You show up there by yourself, but you're not really by yourself. You know, there's other people there. You know. <laughs> Bridge of Spies is not streaming anywhere apparently. Yeah, I I mean. It no, was nominated for Best Picture, but I always kind of assumed it wasn't uh, the best. Well, it's a Hank's War movie. It's 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 probably okay, but uh, Spielberg. Oh, it's Spielberg. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's probably okay. It's just not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. It is seven point six out of ten on IMDb. Ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, for what that's worth. All right. People like it. Yeah. Not that good, though. Mark Rylance. Oh, pretty good cast, though. Hanks, Alan Alda, Dominic Lombardazzi. Pat, you know, it's big. That's uh, right. Dom. Mark Rylance. I don't, I don't even think Mark Rylance has been in. I mean, I'll tell you something that'll turn you off about him right now. His Wikipedia page starts <laughs> off with Sir David Mark Rylance Waters, <laughs> English actor. 
I mean, I don't care. I actually know this guy. What's he from? A lot of people are. A lot of people are knighted. Yeah, I know, but it's just so douchey. If someone offered to knight me, I'd be like, "Fuck you." No, I'd get I'd get knighted first, and then I'd be like, "This is a big fucking scam." I'm a knight. Like, who the fucking queen knight me? Who yeah, was this Robin Hood? Like, I would. I would definitely get knighted. I would not. I wouldn't. I would. I would oh, not. Man. I'd be the first guy not to accept the take, knighting. Take your stand after you get knighted. So at least you're knighted. Yeah, but then they'll have you like secretly murdered or something. Yeah, but when they bury you, it'll be as a knight. <laughs> it's true. I guess I get the sir. I'll get the I'll get the seven gun salute. I mean Paul McCartney is is a is knighted. He's a beetle though. Like I kinda get why he's knighted at least. Even though it's still like pretentious bullshit. Like I don't know. I would never you would never call him Sir Paul McCartney if you met him though. Call him Mr. McCartney before I called him Sir. What have you made you? I would not. <laughs> fucking English, uh, English, they their fucking skin turns to shit when they get older. You ever wow, see McCartney? Jesus Christ, yeah. it does. I'm just saying. Like, had God. to bring up the sir shit. You know, Mark Rylance did this to himself. The Academy actually did this. Should have yeah, given Stallone the act, the fucking Oscar. I wouldn't have had to take a shot at English people. Yeah, why is he, why is Rylance a sir? That's a good question. It seems he's a fucking English prick. That's why he's just an actor. He's not like a great actor. He's, well, maybe maybe he got, maybe he got knighted after he won the Academy Award. And there you go. Probably Otto, Otto. fucking did. It's fucking Stallone's award. Oh, uh, you know Whatever. what? Shit. You just I think you just won the argument, and you're welcome because I am winning the argument for you. What happened? I you you said you turned down knighthood. Yeah. David Bowie turned down knighthood. Awesome. Yeah. It's good. I'm in great company. Barry, Danny Boyle turned down knighthood. Me and David Bowie. Oh man, this is John John Cleese. Oh, from Monty Python? Yeah, yeah. Uh oh, the people Oh. John Lennon turned Oh no, he accepted it but returned it. John Lennon accepted but returned it. Was it a fucking washing machine? He returned it. <laughs> you, have, you have your... Uh, this have one's your dented. <laughs> you have your receipt from knighthood. And there's a few, there's a few people who have got it taken away, apparently. <laughs> what do you have to do to get it taken away? I got to find out. Not pay your dues? Uh, this, guy was arre- this guy was arrested for running a Ponzi scheme worth over $8 billion. Should have kicked upstairs to the queen. It wouldn't have been a problem. Uh, let's see. President of Zimbabwe. Uh, Britain imposed sanctions on Zimbabwe over human rights abuses in the country. All right. Mm. This seems good reason. Oh, this guy was knighted in 1929, was stripped of his knighthood in 1940 because he was aiding the Nazis during their invasion and occupation of Norway. Yeah, you're out. Yeah, I mean, aiding the Nazis. 
You have to question why they even let him in in the first place. Jesus. Uh, Do a background check. I don't like this one. This guy was – this guy, his name is Lester Piggott, and he was – he spent three years in prison for tax evasion. Um, He's a jockey, though. He's a horse jockey. I mean – you get what you you get what you think you're getting. You unite a unite a horse jockey. <laughs> Do you remember a boxer named Prince Nassim? Uh that that actually does ring a bell. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but uh well um, it's funny because it looks like there is probably a picture of him in a lineup somewhere. He was arrested oh. he was arrested for crashing his car while driving ninety miles an hour. The driver of the car he hit broke every major bone in his body and suffered brain damage. Um, so he was stripped of his knighthood. Why the fuck was Prince Nassim? Yeah, they're giving away like candy. I'll, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Paul McCartney, I'd give it back at this point. Seems there's gotta be like there's gotta be something higher for me. I'm a fucking beetle. That's a good point, yeah. Giving it out to these fucking boxers. Yeah, I should knight yeah, being a beetle is is more of an honor than being a fucking knight. Yeah, I mean, there's only four of them. Prince Nassim. Sounds like there's fucking 4,000 knights. <laughs> Christ. Jesus Christ. Fucking Game Christ. of Thrones over here. Well, I don't think we... I think you have to be English-born to be knighted, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Probably. I'm going to guess Yes. I think all those people we mentioned were. Yeah, they they definitely all were. Keith Richards probably wouldn't wouldn't accept that they offered him, right? Too late now. You guys had your chance. Is Mick Jagger a knight? Uh, I don't know. Is Mick Jagger knighted? Yeah, officially knighted in 2003. Oh, so I wouldn't be surprised then if but Keith probably wouldn't. Clapton is not knighted. That's crazy. What is getting what is getting knighted get you? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm gonna have to research that. That's yeah, that's the key. Is there are you on the books? Got a check? Like forget a check every month, you know. Oh, apparently, uh, this is a quick Google search, so take it for what it is. Yeah. I guess um, when Mick Jagger got knighted, it was much to the anger of his fellow Rolling Stone, Keith Richards, (laughs) who felt that Jagger should have declined. (laughs) But they've always hated each other, right? That's, uh, yeah, it's a weird relationship. Yeah. Yeah, Man, Stephen, definitely, definitely odd. Stephen Hawking turned it down. Richard <laughs> says a knighthood is a paltry honor. <laughs> <laughs> is, paltry, is paltry too nuanced of a word for you? Yeah, could you? I don't know what it means. What does it mean? I don't know. Paltry is like uh, nothing, like like tiny, like it's meaningless. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, all right, good. You know where you stand with paltry. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, if you're giving out to Prince Nassim, 
what is it is it really an it's honor the ultimate for it's the ultimate it says the ultimate nod from the british establishment like what's the ultimate nod from our government uh, we give out medals and shit too yeah the same thing do. but same thing is just at the whim of the president so like when obama was in office like bob dylan got a medal for something and uh I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's different, though, because, like, I don't know. If you told me, like, Bob Dylan got a medal from Obama, I'd be like, did he really? But Knight oh, is, like... Presidential Medal of Freedom, I think it's called. Oh, you didn't, like, Springsteen get one, too? Yeah, yeah. But, again, yeah, yeah, but again like, but like, Trump's, like, Trump's in, and it's, like, Larry the Cable guy's going to get it now. Like, it's just whoever <laughs> at the whim of the president, and it gets along with the guy. If you supported them and you get along, you like each other, you're going to get a fucking medal. So it's just... At the end of the day, it means nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You, don't get a, you don't get a check. It shows up on your Wikipedia page. It's just something for, yeah, it's something for, your, uh, for your office. It's a medal up in your office and a picture with the president. That's it. It's a conversation piece. Yeah. And do a concert. Like, like um, I think... I forget when this was. Uh, who was it? I think it was Zeppelin. No, or maybe Pink Floyd. Somebody got it. I think Zeppelin got the award, and then like they did a concert of Zeppelin songs without Zeppelin doing it. Like a bunch mm-hmm. of artists comes up and do Led Zeppelin songs, and like one of the one of the guys is dead, I think, or I don't know. And his kid came out and played. I don't know. I'm the wrong guy to ask about that. But yeah, there's like a. Yeah, it's just something like that. It might, it might, might not even be Zep. I mean, why would they get it? I don't know. Anyway, but they do like a concert and shit, so that's cool. Like, I'm all for more concerts and stuff like that, even if it is for, like, the D.C. elite and there's a bunch of people sitting there in, in tuxes, not, like, rocking out to Zep. But yeah. uh, that part's weird. But uh, whatever. Put it, put it on TV. I'll watch it, you know? Sure. Why that, not? Shit, that shit pisses me off though when they when now that I'm talking about it when it's just a bunch of people not like just kind of watching guys be rock, be rock and roll stars and you're just sitting there like enjoying it quietly in a tux it's not really it's not you know how could, yeah, how, could you, how could you how could you play for those stiffs it's like doing a corporate gig as a comedian you just yeah 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 I don't know. You just take the paycheck and move on. Yeah, kind of hold your nose. Sell your soul a little bit. All right. Well, I guess we could kind of wrap this up because we haven't talked about Diner for a good 25 minutes. So Hey, it has. <laughs> you you clicked on the show. You knew what you were getting into. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we start out with how big is Bagel and end up with Knighthood. So there you go. And uh, and Led Zeppelin getting a presidential <laughs> honors. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. This has been Sunday Poor. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back here. We'll do some picks. This is our last full show. We'll do some picks this weekend for the NFL. We'll get that show out. Um, maybe a Friday or Saturday. I forget what we'll do. What we decided on. We'll do it this weekend, though. Until then, thanks again for listening. Ant? Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, and the next time we're talking to you, next time you are listening to us, it'll be 2021. Uh, we'll see you then. Picks for the week. A little bit of NFL. Uh, yeah. Happy uh, New Year. Happy New Year.
There it is. I feel like I could talk about Diner. Like, I think we could start a new show, talk about Diner again, and it'll be completely different shit. Yeah. Yep. It would be uh, Casey doing another hour and a half on stuff we didn't talk about. Uh, Next said, year. Next year, between Christmas and uh, yeah, New Year's, thinking, we'll run was, it back. As I was prepping for this, I was thinking, like, did we do a Goodfellas show? And I remember that we did. And I'm like, we could do it again and it wouldn't be the same at all. Probably not. Definitely we could, not. We could do Goodfellas pretty handily and uh, with different shit. Um, you said you have some college picks you want to give out? Post-show yeah, there? college picks. May as well just give them out now. It's very simple. Yep. Four o'clock. Uh, the two, I'm just doing the two big games. Friday, 4 o'clock. Lay the points with Bama. I know it's a big number. I know people are going to look at Notre Dame as a popular team. <laughs> Last I saw, it was minus 20. Uh, just light because Alabama is so much better than Notre Dame. You saw what Clemson did to Notre Dame. They're just going to wax them. So that's number one. Um, I wish I had a contrarian or like an upset pick to give you, but Clemson is game number two. I think it's seven and a half. Last I saw, lock that in now. I think they easily beat Ohio State by double digits, and we're going to get Alabama, Clemson. Uh, I don't know how many times they've played in the championship recently, but they've been my two teams. Uh, they're the best against the spread. I don't know what, what the numbers are to back that up, but they are uh, over the last decade. I mean, you can't find two better teams against the spread. You can't find two better teams on the field. Clemson has almost become like one A and one B to Bama. So there you have it. I think Lawrence goes up against Alabama in his last game. Lay the points in both games. Bama Clemson. There you go. There you have it. What what would the what would the spread in that game be for the championship? Uh, I think Bama would be favored. I don't know how much. I think you got to make Bama favored somewhere like the four, four and a half range. Yeah, tough, tough number. Because Clemson's coming in with the big guy and Lawrence, but Bama's probably a little bit better. Bama's defense is, yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched college all year, so I'm the wrong guy to ask, but that's my two cents. I'll say Bama four and a half. I was supposed to say that if you get the picks out. Hey, you can do what you want with the picks, okay? But I'm not <laughs> listen, I'm I'm not betting against Alabama or Clemson right now. All right, fair. Okay. What are you doing for uh New Year's? Go to my brothers, get fucked up. That's about it. I'm uh, it's not my operation, so I'm just I'm uh, being told what to what to do, what to bring. What are you bringing? Uh taquitos. Oh man! Going to, going to BJ's for the taquitos? Yeah, I don't have a kitchen, so. <laughs> nah, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Never host New Year's. That was your rule. Right, and you're hosting next year, though. Yeah. I heard. I heard next year. No, I I nixed that. That's tradition. No nope, tradition I, like no, no other. No, I nixed it. She, yeah, that was I was only meant for her, for my wife's family. I was not meant for other people. But right. but I said, but I also said, if Ant shows up, he's not coming the next year. So he all he said is it's a one year thing. He's not going to the same place two years in a row. So, right, exactly. I'll, I'll pop in and that'll be fine. So that's <laughs> right. My wife works on New Year's half the time, so you can't count on me every year. Perfect. Great. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just staying home this year. I was that's it. Hang out. The Are you cooking? Home. 
Uh, my wife's cooking, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my big some seafood. Like she's doing some ceviche. She's doing uh, uh, something with the beef shanks. Um, and bananas, I think. Two types of ceviche, I think. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be nice. A lot of good food day, especially because I don't have to cook, so it's a great food day. Right. Do you? What do you watch on New Year's Eve? Uh, usually not eight hitting. o'clock. Let's say. I probably because the kids are me up, and it's just gonna be us. I'll probably oh, maybe like a movie. I'll find a movie we can watch. But I don't know. How about when they go to bed? Let's say like ten o'clock. They're gonna try ten to eleven. Stay. They stayed up last year, so I don't know. For the whole till the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not big on those shows. I'll find something. I, I'll just flip and see what's on because there's a lot of great – that's a good TV night because everybody's just put shit on for filler, but it's always the best shit. Oh, yeah, it's great. But I, I, the, my, the goal is always to just end on Honeymooners, just to go watch a couple of Honeymooners. That's, that's the uh, – after midnight, it's just calm shit down and put the Honeymooners on. That's the only thing I care about. Yeah. That's the tradition for me. Yeah, it's probably the best. Uh, that's the best they have to offer. I don't know if they put it on around here, though. Oh, that's right. It's my first year not being in New York. For uh, It's always on PIX there. Shit. Yeah, we don't get PIX. I don't know. Are you guys going to fuck up my tradition? Goddamn. Probably. Jesus Christ. Well. I'll, I'll it's got to be on somewhere. You got to find it on. Uh, I want to search for it right now. I usually do Twilight Zone and like, I don't know, there's a million different marathons. Oh, yeah, there's a good Twilight Zone. I'll throw that on. I, yeah, you, usually. It's a great show if you're getting like rip blitzed, <laughs> smoking a number. That's, oh, it's on uh, Amazon Prime, the Honeymooners. Oh, nice. I'll we'll put it on so, tonight. I don't know how that became the the New Year's Eve show. Honeymooners? Yeah. It's usually after midnight, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean. So you'll put the ball on when it drops. Like, what time will you put that on? I don't know. Probably sometime between 12.45 and 12.30, I guess. Like, that's always something. Like 11.30 and 11.50? the, those shows, I always kind of pop in to see, like, who's who, like, who's there. Like, Steve Harvey does one. Yeah. So, I always pop in to see like, who the guests are. There's nobody, never anybody good. But, uh, I mean, especially now, who knows what it's going to be. But there's always, like, ridiculously short skirts and stuff. So, I'm always popping in to see that. Uh, this year, who the, who the fuck knows? I don't know where it's going to be and stuff. So, I've never been a huge fan of it. I just... I'll throw it on to be social. Eleven thirty. No, but again, but again, like I mentioned this with, uh, more like maybe the Thanksgiving Day Parade or something. Like I throw it on to see. Like sometimes, like Tony Bennett would be there singing a song or something. Like I'll go in to see. You know, there's a ten percent chance of somebody I like entertaining for like the three. Yeah. Years. So I'll go back to see that. I, I, that's why I check back in, and then usually I'm disappointed. And yeah, I mean, there's a 90% chance Ryan Seacrest is going to be on your screen. Yeah, no, it's no good. You don't need that. Yeah. Um, and it starts at 11 p.m. on PIX. 11 honeymooners till when? 
until 4.30 the next day. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's, it's every one of them, I think. Yeah, we don't oh. get that, unfortunately. Yeah. 11.30, Mama Loves Mambo. That's, uh, that's Tony B's... Um, that's Tony B's uh, impression. Oh, uh, what's he say? Mama loves Mambo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the $99,000 answer. You know that one? It's classic. Good stuff. Yeah, so if you don't have Amazon Prime, you're in trouble. If you do, then you could enjoy the honeymooners. Yeah, I'll put it on the Prime. All right. Let me get this shit out there, my man. All right. I'll talk to you uh, at some point. All right? All right. Peace. Yeah.